Welcome on in to the Superintendent Radio Network and episode 13 of Beyond the Page, the podcast that dives a little deeper into some of the stories and columns in Golf Course Industry Magazine. I'm Matt Lowell, managing editor of the magazine and the host of Beyond the Page. I'll be joined today by a pair of talented turf pros who are featured in the December issue, our fifth annual Turf Heads Takeover. The first is Charlie Foltz, who worked in the industry for nearly 20 years, more than a dozen of them as a golf course superintendent, before veering into industry sales, then teaching, then lawn care and athletic field management, before sort of backing back into golf earlier this year, working for the city of Harrisonburg, Virginia. Charlie has a great story. The second is Jason Holland, a familiar name to regular readers. Jason is the golf course and grounds superintendent at Stonewall Resort in Roanoke, West Virginia, and now a three-time, three-time, three-time Turf Heads Takeover contributor. His November Rain trilogy wraps up in this latest edition with the question, can you thank yourself this year? Jason Holland, Charlie Foltz, after the break. Twenty twenty has been a very different year for everybody on the planet, including my first guest, Charlie Foltz. When the year dawned, he had one job, and now he has three, and he's more and more into golf where he was for years. He was a superintendent from nineteen ninety five to two thousand eight, left the industry, never thought he would get back in, and because of a series of COVID reactions and, and needs for the pandemic has come back into the industry. He has a story in the December issue, the Turf Heads Takeover, fifth annual, uh, that everybody should read. It's a great read. But we're also going to highlight him here on the podcast, Beyond the Page. Charlie Foltz, officially the golf course superintendent at Heritage Oaks Golf Club, the athletics field supervisor for Harrisonburg Parks and Rec in Virginia, and now the interim general manager as well. Charlie, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, besides being slightly busy covering all of the job uh, <laughs> titles that I have, uh, doing really well. Thank you. So you sent in your story for the 5th Annual Turf Heads Takeover in late October. Guy Cipriano and I read it. We loved it. It's in the December issue. But when we read it, I think we both said, we need to know more. We need to know more about how Charlie got back in to the industry. Because at this time last year, you didn't think you'd ever be a golf course superintendent again. And you were for 13 years, but you you'd recently turned 50. And I think you had made peace with never really working on a golf course again, right? Yeah, I had. Um, you know, there were a couple things that had come up previously where I had inquired about, you know, some superintendent positions, but when I got into the industry, that magic number of 50 was the line of where superintendents, if you were out trying to get back in, was extremely tough, and I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that uh, I was probably going to do fields 
really for the rest of my career, and I was I was certainly fine with that. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing athletic fields and had learned a lot. It was certainly something different from golf. While it shared a lot of commonalities, uh, it still shared a lot with golf, and I was enjoying it and really didn't think there was any chance I was ever going to step back on the golf course as a superintendent again. The five years before you went to work for Harrisonburg Parks and Rec and Heritage Oaks Golf Club, you had had your own athletics turf management company, athletics field management company. In the 12 years you had been out, you had also worked for Grigg Brothers, which is now Grigg. Uh, you'd been a school teacher as well, right? Yeah, I spent three years as a middle school, eighth grade math teacher. So what is this? It, it's almost like the Odyssey. Because did, did Odysseus wander for 10 years or 20 years? You had 12, where you know, you're working out in the field. You had mentioned before we started recording that your territory was North and South Carolina when you worked for Grigg Brothers. You're a middle school teacher. You start your own company. You're a small business owner. What, what were those 12 years like? I mean, that, that is, that's a heck of a decade and, and a quarter there. Well, um, I am full-blown ADHD, so for me it's just Tuesday. Um, um, you know, I'm, I have, I have had ADHD all my life, um, non-medicated. I just go with it and get a lot done. Um, for me, it didn't feel anything out of the norm. Um, you know, when I left and went to work for Grig, um, as I said in the article, obviously it had everything to do with my, uh, with my youngest son who had been uh, diagnosed with autism. Um, but then the change to middle school math was kind of a, that was, that was almost, I won't say a midlife crisis, but it was a decision of, I actually have a degree in education. Um, my degree was not in turf. It was in education. And I was sitting there kind of unsure what to do at a point in my life. And um, the principal at my oldest son's school, um, they were looking for a long-term sub. And I just kind of worked into, uh, I applied for it and I was hired and um, was told this is this is kind of a uh, this is kind of a decision of of uh, what's the word I'm looking for of, of pure fear. I was told about three months into the job that if I didn't take the national math exam, which was the praxis, and pass it, I wasn't going to have the job past December because they were going to advertise and look for a licensed math teacher. I wasn't a licensed math teacher. I was a licensed health and phys ed teacher. So while I was teaching my first year, I was also studying for the national praxis, and there were math, there were math things I had, had never seen before, new math stuff that had, that had come out that I didn't even know and I had to relearn, and I took the test and passed it. So, um, you know, I spent three years teaching math, and I realized uh, about a year in that I wasn't going to have five years. Uh, I really wanted to get back outside. I missed it. And in the middle of my second year, I began to look around to see if there was a possibility of uh, buying, buying a company to start out as a landscape company and segue into athletic fields. And sure enough, uh, right in the middle of my third and last year, I found a landscape company up for sale and uh, got a business loan together, was approved for it, bought his company, and so created Strutter Turf. And for five-plus years... It was a landscape company at the beginning. It was just me, and I eventually segued into athletic field management, which I had always wanted to do, and I did that for five years. And uh, that was really enjoyable, um, but I'm thankful right now that 
I listened to my girlfriend and looked at the Harrisonburg job because COVID would have destroyed me. Yeah, I mean, it has been obviously a terrible eight or nine months for so many small businesses in all sorts of sectors across the country. And for whatever reason, obviously, golf has thrived. You can do it outdoors. You can do it socially distanced. Golf courses had that rough four to six week stretch in the spring, but really it's been, I think the new numbers are, are rounds are up almost 11% year over year. I imagine it's been pretty close to that in Harrisonburg. Yeah, we were, we were under different edicts. Being a municipality, um, we, were, we, had, we had much tighter reins on us, I mean, which wasn't a bad thing. It's just people didn't know in the beginning of this thing, you right. know, how, how it was going to be passed. So, you know, the city manager here, and I certainly don't fault it. I mean, he, he made a decision for the health and welfare of everybody. And we were closed for uh, the month of April. We were closed in March, April. And we reopened, God, I want to say we were, we reopened in early, uh, late May, early June. And then we were uh, staggered tea times and we didn't fully reopen until October oh, wow. uh, for regular tea times. And, and ours was just, we have two universities in the area and I think there was some concerns. And, um, and again, rightfully so, there were a lot of other municipalities that were being safe, and I certainly don't have a problem with that. We worked with it best we could, and, you know, once we reopened fully, um, actually our September numbers were pretty comparable even with just every other tea times to last year's, but when we reopened in October, we exploded. So our October and November numbers have been amazing, uh, probably the best November this golf course has ever had. And I imagine weather is always a big factor, but just that pent-up demand that people want to get out there onto a, a public course, onto a municipal course, and they finally have the opportunity after seven months. Yeah, exactly. For us, it was we were the only rec facility that was really open. You know, the gym shut down. The uh, athletic uh, community center shut down. Um, we didn't have any rec sports the entire year. So, you know, kids and parents weren't getting out at all, and we were – as you said, we were kind of the last stop for getting recreation in, and we, we found we could do it safely. And once we did and opened fully, boy, they came out, and we, we may have had the best November weather-wise. You know, I've seen in this state, and I've been in Virginia all my life, and it was the best November weather-wise. It was just it was almost perfect weather, and our play was up substantially, and uh, we, we just had really – October and November were two fantastic months to fake to – kind of finish off a very rough 2020 COVID. And just a, not really a rough, but just a strange year in general for you. Uh, obviously, since 2008, mentioned that you went to work for Grigg Brothers. You had the three years as a math teacher. You owned the uh, maintenance company transitioning into athletic fields and, and turf for five years. But then, as you mentioned, you looked at the job posting at the behest of your girlfriend and wound up applying when you applied it was really only at first for uh, the athletic field supervisor position when was that was that this year or was that late last year charlie no that was late last year okay. the job posted um i actually knew the former turf manager for the city um kevin moore who had served as the athletic fields uh manager at bridgewater college here locally had been the supervisor, and I remember when Kevin got the job, it was a newly, kind of a newly created position for the city, and I remember talking to Kevin when he took it up through when Kevin had to leave. Kevin had, 
Kevin's got some serious knee issues that really kept him from being able to do the job anymore. And he had reached out to me and said, hey, just so you know, the, you know, the field's position is going to be posting. I didn't think about it at the time. And I went to a, I got called to, a, to, to speak at a superintendent meeting of all things. I wasn't a superintendent, but I got called to speak at a superintendent meeting to talk about Blue Muta, which I had been doing on my athletic fields, the combo bluegrass, Bermuda grass, athletic field, uh, two grass system. And when I was there, John Labasi, the former superintendent for the city, saw me and said, hey, if you know somebody looking for an athletic fields job, we're hiring for the city. And at that point, I went, okay, I've heard about it twice. And my girlfriend, my girlfriend said, um, what's the worst it could do? Worst it could be is you apply, you interview. It's not something that you want to do. And she was right, and I applied, and sure enough, I got into it, and it actually was a great fit right off the start. So that was late last year. And- yeah, late last year I interviewed, and I accepted. I started uh, the second week of January this year. Okay. So in 2020, just not even 11 months ago, you start this new position. You're in for about two months when COVID really takes off. And two more months after that, you wind up, because of more circumstances, taking over Heritage Oaks back as a superintendent for the first time since 2008. What was the, what was the process really from January to March and March to May, like Charlie? Well, you know, January to March, I was coming into a, you know, was coming into a crew that had already been established. We had some long-time field guys that was that were here, and initially it was, you know, getting fields ready because at that point we were talking about recreational sports starting in March. So I felt really under the gun because I had ten athletic fields to get ready, um, baseball, softball, and soccer fields to get ready. Um, get them lined, but also get the infields cleaned up as and get us ready for play. So, you know, I hit the ground running with the crew and, you know, first week out here we are throwing turfus everywhere on our infields with the thought that, hey, come March, we're going to be ready to go. Well, as you said, COVID hits and, you know, COVID comes out and it's, you know, there's an immediate reaction to it. And our immediate reaction with the city was there won't be any spring sports. So for us, it was, and this is a hard thing to say, but COVID was almost a gift because it allowed me to do a lot of work to the fields uh, in March, April, May that I would normally have not been able to do. We share some equipment with the golf course, so I was able to go out and deep time all my uh, all the soccer fields. They were fields that kind of held water, and we were really able to do a ton. And the fields were in fabulous shape up until uh, you know. Well, they're they're in good shape now, but. Um, you know, the change for me happened in early May by uh, the superintendent here, who was John Labasi. I've known John a long time. John decided he was ready to go south and kind of partially retire. Um, you know, John had been in the military, and he'd been with the city for quite a while. And I got an email from John, and John just said, hey, Charlie, uh, just wanted to know that I put in my resignation. I'm ready to go south. And it wasn't a COVID decision as much as John had been kind of pondering with his wife for a few years. So at that point, I sent the, uh, the uh, assistant parks and rec director, Brian Mancini, I sent him an email and I said, what are you guys going to do with the golf course? Um, because we had, a, uh, you know, we had a hiring freeze with COVID. Um, we had let some seasonal people, we had furloughed some seasonal people, and they weren't hiring any full-time people. And I said, 
is there any possibilities about uh, me accepting a dual role? And I didn't think anything of it at the time because there isn't, you know, there was an assistant here at the time for the golf course, but he hadn't been assistant very long. And, um, you know, about a week, we have a week of dialogue. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. And Brian finally calls me one day and says, um, the director wants to know if you want to be superintendent. Huh. And you handle both jobs. And, of course, here I am thinking my last full year as a superintendent was 2007. I'm 13 years removed, and I'm now 50. <laughs> so I'm immediately going, can I handle this? I'm going, yeah, I can handle it. So I took on the dual roles, oversaw fields, and, over, and ran the golf course. And, um, you know, I, we had a great year. Um, I, I think in the article I said something where I said, I didn't forget how to be a superintendent. I just had to remember how to do it. And, and a lot of it was there were so many, so many new fungicide chemistries that I just wasn't aware of. And a lot of them were old chemistries that were just packaged up in combo products. So it was just refamiliarizing myself with, okay, you know, propoconazole now is in a lot of other mixes instead of just being banner. You know, heritage is now just not heritage. It's in a lot of other mixes. And it was just relearning. And I hadn't forgotten how to to manage bent grass. I hadn't forgotten how to manage greens, tees, and fairways. And while I was a middle school math teacher during the summers, I worked for a friend of mine who got me into the business all those years ago. So Jeff kept me, you know, in the swing of things while I was working for him during the summer. So it, while, it, while there were sleepless nights initially, and I can tell you the first two weeks I was thinking, what have I done? Um, I, you know, I had a pretty smooth gig with Fields. What was I thinking? It kind of segged in, and it all came back, and I, I told my girlfriend about a month into it, and this is going to sound weird, but guys who have been doing it a long time, the golf course started to talk to me again. Yep. And instead of me throwing things at it, the golf course and I started talking. And when I realized that, I thought, okay, I'm good. And I was wondering if that was going to come back. Um, I know guys that are in it a long time, um, you know, we talk about the golf course in ways we'll talk to you that we understand. And about a month in, I think because I ran around the first month and didn't want to listen, <laughs> um, it finally started to talk to me and I was able to settle down and go, okay, I think I can do this. That was May 11, so you're now almost seven months back in. What of the first seven months, and again, a weird seven months because you were closed for a while and then partial tea times, and then really only the last couple of months, like you said, back up to full tea times. But what were the first seven months in almost 13 years as a superintendent like? Uh, stuff had changed. You had to update stuff. You know, you, you had those sleepless nights. What have I gotten myself back into? I had a cushy gig. But it had to have felt great to just be back on the golf side of things, I imagine. Yeah, there are some of my friends who have been in this business the whole time where I was out that are friends of mine for 30 plus years. The, I can tell you the first morning I rode around heritage jokes, um, as the, as of course, initially I had the interim superintendent position um, because it was with the city. Everything's on a six month, you know, interim do something like that. So as I rode around day one, I can tell you, um, of course I didn't know the golf course uh, very well. I, I knew it a little bit. I had ridden it with John in the past with Greg brothers and such. Um, but I rode around, and I can tell you the first deep breath at about 5.45 a.m. 
was the coolest deep breath in about 13 years. Um, I had forgotten how much I loved it. It is, for me, it is a passion. It really was, It really is and still is. Um, to ride around and being able to take this piece of property that Bill Love created, and, of course, Bill's reputation and resume are amazing. And I had an opportunity to talk with Bill on the phone about three weeks ago. We were uh, doing a couple things here on the golf course that we had to get his okay on. And, you know, Bill made the comment, he goes, it's one of my favorite tracks because we took an old rock pile and made a pretty nice golf course out of it. And um, this place has an amazing layout. And I just rode around going, God, did I miss this. And then the first time I had to go hand water collars and greens, I thought, God, I didn't miss this. <laughs> um, you know, so, it, you know, it, it didn't take long to, you know, to, to, uh, to, uh, to get the wax to wear off. But I can tell you, even through the July, which for us was really hard, uh, we didn't have any rain. Um, we're on um, uh, treated water here that comes from the city, and our irrigation pond is not big, and, and almost ran it dry um, by the end of July. We didn't get rain for uh, 36 days, oh, and, and, and I almost ran it dry. And Mother Nature then came back and dropped an inch and a half on us right when we needed it most. And that took me back to those days of there were a few sleepless nights. July 4th weekend was a, lack of a better term, a real ball buster. Saturday, we hit 103 with humidity dropped into the 20% range, and the winds blew about 30 miles an hour. Sure. That makes sense. And, oh, yeah. It, made, it was a perfect storm. And my assistant was on Saturday. I was off Saturdays and work Sundays. And my assistant, Corey, is, email, is emailing me, texting me, going, Charlie, I can't throw water fast enough. I can't throw water. Uh -huh. And I told him, I said, Corey, take care of greens. Take care of collars. We'll handle everything else. And I decided, and I told him, I said, drown the golf course tonight, which he did. And I came in the next morning, and we had some turf loss on some of the bent grass tees. It was, you know, it was, it was some tees. It wasn't bad. We had some thinning on some fairways. We're an all bent grass course. Um, had some thinning on some fairways, and we we took a beating. Um, for the most part, those areas are healed back and are, are in great shape again. But that weekend was the hardest of the summer, and I may not have been as smiling as cheerfully on July 5th <laughs> as I am now, but. You know, the first time we dropped the air fire times into the greens in uh, September, I uh, once again realized, you know what, this is a great place to be. And as if all that wasn't enough, handling 10 athletic fields, handling Heritage Oaks, you also recently took on the title of interim GM. How, how long is that going to last? I mean, my gosh, you're working three jobs. Well, you know, let me explain the fields and golf course so people listening realize how I did this. It wasn't difficult. It just required some really good time management. What I do is I started every day on the golf course. Okay. Um, as most superintendents know, that's when you see what you need to see first thing riding around a golf course at 6 a.m. So I started every morning at the golf course. I'd be at the golf course until about 10, 10, 15. Then I would hop in a uh, city truck and I'd go look at all the fields. And I did all, I handled all the watering at the fields. Um, I got my crews handled all the mowing and the prep work, but I was still doing all the watering programs. I uh, was doing all the fertilizations and applications to the athletic field. So 
you know, there were days that I was leaving at 10:15 to go spray, uh, you know, some fields or go do fertilizer applications. I would take my lunch while I was out in my truck. I really never sat down to have lunch. Lunch was just, you know, on the console of my truck. And I'd, I'd get to the golf, back to the golf course about 12:30, quarter one, because then it was time to grab hose and go hand water. And that's what I did the rest of the day. So. Um, I wasn't a superintendent that was in the office. I uh, never have been. I don't think I ever will be. But that's how my day went pretty much every day, six days a week. You know, what came up with the, with the GM position is the woman who was, you know, uh, was handling this position took another position with the city, uh, with, with, the, uh, with the county next to us, Augusta County in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of without anybody. They brought somebody over to kind of manage the staff again with a hiring freeze, which is still in effect, mind you, um, full-time hiring freeze. And I was actually out with COVID. I actually got COVID and was out two weeks. Mm. Um, my, I'm, 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 besides doing everything I do, I'm also in a band, uh, wasn't a band, a drummer in a band for three years. And we played an indoor gig, and 15 people at that show came down COVID positive uh, three days later. So I was actually out on quarantine when all this happened, and I again reached out to the assistant director, and just asked them, said, who's, you know, who's going to run the ship for a while? And they were really uncertain. And I had a meeting while I was in quarantine with, with Brian and, and, and uh, Luann Santangelo, who is the director, and talked to them and said, if you need any help, I would be willing to help. Um, and they said, well, then they said, well, let's think about it. We'll talk about it. And about a week later, they came back. And, again, I was still on COVID. That was, uh, I was still out. I hadn't come back yet. And they asked, they said, do you want to take on a third hat? And I said, I would be willing to help the city any way I can. And made the move about a month ago, it's about maybe about five weeks ago, up here to the uh, general manager position. So I'm currently, yes, wearing three hats. (laughs) And you were running the course in the fields remotely while recovering from COVID. And I'm very glad that you, you seem to have recovered well from from that bout uh what what a what a wild year uh yeah i can't i can't uh i, I can look back on in, in in my career of being out of college now you know 28 years graduated in 92 and i can't find one quite like this and yeah. not sure i'd want another one like it <laughs> to be honest um you know it, it certainly does fulfill all the needs that my adhd has because uh I just keep adding things, and it keeps allowing me to, you know, it, it certainly fulfills everything that that, 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 that brings to me. But, um, yeah, that's been a bit of a change. You know, the first couple of weeks as being GM, um, and luckily for me, um, we had just about put fields to bed at that point. So, you know, we, don't have, we didn't have any fall rec sports, so we were finishing up airifications and um, overseeding on fields and, uh, uh, you know, the, the couple guys still on crew going into the winter had, were finishing up edging in fields. So I was luckily putting fields to bed. Um, the golf course we were theoretically putting to bed, even though we're open year-round. We finished up all of our airifications, our overseedings, top dressing. So that was slowing down. We were changing over into winter work. And I come up here, and as the interim general manager, I'm putting together membership pricing for 2020 and outlook for coming out of, you know, COVID next spring. So um, I am not lacking with things to do. No. And I'll leave you with this. As you said, you 
don't particularly want another year like this one. And I think that's a fair statement that almost anybody could make. I don't think anybody wants a repeat of, of 2020 ready for whatever 2021 brings as long as it's not another global pandemic. But on December 8th, 2021, a year in the future, what do you think, what do you think that will look like for you? You're still running athletic fields in the golf course and, and then you just settle in for maybe, maybe your fifties and, and early sixties in this position or, or, or what, what's next, Charlie? <laughs> well, um, right now we are going to be hiring a field supervisor. Uh, yeah. That position is going to open in January. Now that person will report to me. So I won't be as day-to-day with fields as I was, which does help alleviate, um, you know, some of the hands-on things that I was doing. Um, but I can tell you I will still see fields on a weekly basis without any trouble. I have no trouble jumping in my truck, and I, and I see myself doing that because I can't imagine not seeing them uh, every week. Um, you know, with the interim uh, GM position, um, I don't know what that position is going to hold. Um, would I like to continue to have it? Yeah, I, I, I believe I would. Um, and can I do both as a GM superintendent? I, I believe I can. I have friends that have done it, have been successful doing it. Um, I have a strong crew that is very experienced. Uh, the full-time staff here has been here a pretty good while. They understand what the golf course needs are. And it would probably be similar to what I did with fields that um, I would probably start the morning on the golf course uh, most days, um, you know, getting out, seeing the golf course each day, seeing what we need to do and what we need to address, and then at some point segueing up into the general manager position. But um, I will definitely be hands-on in both positions, there's no doubt. Managing both is kind of the way that I've always done it, but I know with the golf course, I will have to, you know, I will allow my assistant and my staff to take on a little bit more because I won't be there, you know, every hour of the day. But I can still see it from my office window. So I don't have, I can't imagine um, not having any trouble keeping my work boots and my stuff in the office. And if I need to go hand water greens in the middle of the day, I'll close the GM door, I'll throw my superintendent hat on, I'll go hand water. So it, it may still be a, a, a dual role. I would love for the dual role to continue. But if it doesn't and they decide to make a change with the GM position, um, I've been told that I can segue back into the superintendent position. And I may very well only have one or two responsibilities this time next year. We'll see. <laughs> well, 2021, here's to working a little less, maybe drumming a little more and not contracting a serious novel virus. <laughs> I, am, I am all about that. Rock on. <laughs> well, Charlie Foltz. Man of many hats down in Harrisonburg, Virginia. One of the great, great pieces in the fifth annual Turfheads Takeover issue, which will be online this week and in your mailboxes later this month. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And again, I'm honored and humbled that you guys uh, um, enjoyed the article that I wrote and that I'm a part of this podcast. It's, it's very humbling. Thank you. My next guest on this year-end episode of Beyond the Page, a familiar name and face to regular golf course industry readers, Jason Holland, 
is the golf course and ground superintendent at Stonewall Resort in Roanoke, West Virginia. He has also contributed to now three straight editions of Turfhead's Takeover, December 2018, December 2019, and December 2020. Again, the new issue online a little later this week and in your mailboxes a little later this month. If you want to read his older efforts, golfcourseindustry.com backslash magazine backslash hashtag back hyphen issues. I didn't know the web address either. I looked it up today. Jason, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. A lot of our snow melted up here in Northeast Ohio. So my four-year-old is not happy. Uh, she is also like your daughter, I think, part mermaid. She's also part unicorn, uh, and she loves playing in the snow. But outside of that, doing okay. Yes, uh, our, our snow has melted also, and, uh, you know, as soon as it hit the ground a, a few uh, last week there, the first, uh, the first thing I got was, uh, can, we go, can we go snowboarding, can, can we go sledding? <laughs> Frozen water or, or salt water, one of the two, it doesn't matter. I like it. And, and your part mermaid is how old now? Uh, she's about to turn 12 here oh my at, gosh. at the end of the month. Okay, yeah. so yeah. very different ages between 4 and 12. It's, it's, a, it's a lifetime yes. for a kid. <laughs> and it's been quite a journey from 4 to 12, too. <laughs> so your series, uh, November Rain, wrapped up in the December 2020 issue without giving away too much. Mild spoiler alert, there will not be a November Rain 4.0. You've had November Rain 2.0 and 3.0 now in the last three issues. Uh, last three Decembers. And I went back, I reread all of the columns this morning to prepare for this. And as I mentioned right before we started recording, it has been, just as a reader, a uh, really big journey, for, just for three one-page stories. Uh, you, you, you ask three big questions or pose three points. Why do I continue to do this? That was the first one. I learned about people. That was the second one. And then this year, can you thank yourself this year? Those are three huge points for anybody in any industry, but especially uh, in this industry where folks can just be so hard on themselves. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and like we were just discussing a little bit, I mean, it's, it's a journey that I never, I mean, obviously I was going on it, but I never kind of realized that I was uh, was on it um, and, and, and you know found some areas or, or found some people to, to read and, and kind of inspire me and, and the next thing I know I wanted to, to, to write about it and uh, and again yes there there will not be a 4.0 I think uh, based on everything that has happened this year I think this is a uh, actually very proper ending for that uh, for that trilogy the first piece was published about 24 months ago now what are the differences for you professionally between october november of 2018 and now would you say uh professionally i i don't know that there's too many differences i mean right now i can tell you we you know, my personal situation, my personal prefer, uh, professional situation is that we are going through a, a change. I mean, uh, my director of golf retired after 18 years. So, you know, that that's going to be a big change, and, and we're kind of up in the air of, of where we're going to go with that. 
um, you know, the biggest thing for me was, um, you know, mentally and, and kind of where my head was at during this whole situation. And not a bad situation, it's, just, it's a life situation, but just kind of dealing with, um, I think, as I've said before, trying to, you know, perfect, uh, you know, a product, a living thing inside of a imperfect, um, you know, ever-changing condition. Um, and I think everybody's, you know, every superintendent kind of has that in them. And it's something that can, can really eat you up. Uh, but I think I was able to recognize it. Uh, you know, haven't conquered it yet, and, and I think it's going to be a, an ongoing process. But uh, the the writing has kind of got it out there, and and it makes me more accountable to myself, if anything. I imagine you will go back throughout 2021 and reread this new column a few times, because again, the point, and it, it's it's so prescient and and i feel like it's a question people will be asking themselves at the end of this year and into next year can you thank yourself this year it was a challenging year how often did you go back over the last two years and reread those first two november rains why do i continue to do this and i learned about people the overarching themes of those first two columns uh definitely several times uh you know just to just to keep it fresh in my mind but being able to write those kind of change, changed my mindset also uh, as far as, you know, focusing on my crew, uh, you know, just just trying to be a better, you know, not only manager, but a better person, but, you know, something and a leader that, you know, the guys want to do stuff with because I, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm sure we're all dealing with you know, cut staffs, uh, over overwork staffs. Uh, you know, just I, I hate to use the term "do uh, more with less" because that's physically not possible. Uh, but you know, trying to to maximize, I guess, the best out of each each of your crew members, and you know that that was the big thing as far as definitely the one from last year, and just you know, kind of paying attention to you know, what I'd written and trying to implement it in, in everyday situations and just being aware. I mean, that, that's, that's been the biggest thing is just being aware of every day. When you say being aware, you're talking about just being present, being there, being, you know, having your head in the game, so to speak? Yeah, just just being mindful. Uh, just, you know, I know that's a term that's, that's thrown around a lot, but just being mindful of, of the situation, be it a, a daily situation of, you know, two people calling off and, you know, you still have to get stuff uh, prepared for that morning. Uh, you know, your, your project that you were going to do later that day might have to get uh, delayed in, uh, another couple days. But just just being mindful that, you know what, it's, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> and, and just trying to, to, you know, move through uh, day by day. What were your experiences this year? Uh, obviously, now we're at the end of 2020, and looking back, it's been, oddly enough, a, a wildly successful year for golf, and we'll see what the long-term effects are of bringing in all these new folks who are playing for the first time maybe ever and, and existing players who are playing more than they've ever played. Um, there are certainly still lots of holes and problems in the industry, but in terms of bringing people in, it's been great. What has your experience been? 
in 2020, this year of COVID-19? It, it started off very uh, just uh, a shock to the system. Obviously, I can remember kind of watching the news uh, actually down in Orlando uh, when they were talking about this, and, and I just kind of thought, oh, my goodness, there's, there's something coming. And, um, you know, by the time mid-March rolled around, you know, it was, it was full-blown and, you know, obviously serious. But for our particular situation, I mean, we went through where my, uh, you know, our, our entire resort, a lot of folks were uh, furloughed. Uh, we were shut down except for the golf operation. And uh, my, my assistant was actually one of the folks furloughed, which, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't too thrilled about because, you know, that, that's somebody that I rely upon heavily. Uh, but he was furloughed. Uh, my staff, when several of my staff were furloughed. And then we were reduced uh, for them to be about uh, 30 hours a week. Uh, and, and this was in March, so and we're scheduled to open on March 28th. Uh, so it was it was a challenge. Um, I, I I'm going to say we were successful, uh, but we just we did what we did. I'm you know I made some decisions that you know honestly you just never thought oh my goodness that I'd ever have to make this kind of decision. I mean you're choosing one thing over another when to me that there are you know all important so you know we were able to you know kind of work our way through uh in west virginia we were a little bit lucky we were uh, the golf courses uh stayed open we didn't we didn't go through some of the uh the closures that uh that were happening all over the country uh we did follow protocols uh, you know a lot of single carts uh which you know to me uh created a lot more damage but you know right. i guess I guess you gotta, you know, you, you really can't be picky in a pandemic. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was a challenge on that. But by mid, uh, let's say June, uh, my assistant was able to return, and this is actually after he uh, went and found a job in another industry. Oh, wow! Um, but so I mean, you know, he he was looking at it from that perspective also. So you know, we almost lost a, a, a very uh, good person to another industry just because you know he he was dealing with the unknown as well. But uh, he was able to come back. We were able to you know ramp up the hours from for my crew uh, and and start to bring back those crew members that were on furlough. But uh, you know. Needless to say, we were still, you know, and I'm sure there's probably every superintendent out there. We were, we will continually be understaffed. Uh, I mean, I could probably have 50 people, and I would think that I was understaffed. <laughs> so, you know, it, that that was it in a nutshell. So, I mean, it, it turned out turned out a lot better than when I got the news uh, in, in mid March of of who was uh, was furloughed and who was going to be leaving us and kind of staring down the, the gun there going, oh, my goodness, how are we going to get this place ready in, you know, in, in three weeks? Um, but, um, no, it, it turned out uh, turned out better than it started, let's put it that way. And from mid-June to now we're in early December, what was the rest of the season like for you, really, once everybody started to come back, uh, I guess, mid to late June? 
Uh, it, it was pretty good. I mean, we've, uh, you know, we were up, you know, as far as golf-wise, rounds were up more so in this year than they have been. I guess the last time they were this high for us was probably about 2008. Right, um, So, you know, that was, that was, that was kind of big. Uh, obviously, there was some more, uh, some more damage that we, you know, uh, incurred because of it. Uh, and, and also, you know, I've gotten used to the, the kind of the extreme weather uh, that, you know, you wouldn't think that West Virginia would have, you know, you think all of our weather is extreme in the, uh, uh, in the wintertime, but, it, but the summertime, you know, sitting on uh, next to a lake, uh, and, and, and Guy likes this, this term, and all the uh, holes that are up the hollers, uh, you know, they, they tend, to hold, uh, tend to hold humidity, and not too uh, much wind kind of gets back in there to uh, to kind of cool stuff down and, and and give you some proper growing conditions. So that's just been a challenge that I've noticed over the past four to five years, changing since I've been here. But uh, and it, I got a feeling that that's that's kind of the new norm, and, and we're just going to have to continue with that. But but overall, it's been a you know uh, since. And even at the beginning, it, it was good, but uh, it, it's been a very good season uh, from June on. We've, like I said, we hit record rounds, and um, more so in some of the months than we've literally had in, in ten to eleven years. The overarching question you asked this—I think it's five times throughout the column—and uh, I know I've said this before, but can you thank yourself this year? And you're posing the question to readers obviously, other superintendents, other turf pros who are reading it. But to flip it on its head and to ask you that, we're almost to the end of 2020, a challenging start, a really, really uh, banner last few months, and across the industry, just kind of incredibly a surprise. But Jason, can you thank yourself for everything that you've done this year? I can. Um, a few years ago, I would have probably told you no, okay. because I was kind of predisposed to, uh, and I think a lot of superintendents are, you know, whatever we do is never enough. And, you know, if I've learned anything over the last few years by writing those articles and, 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 and reading some others by, you know, different uh, superintendents, is you, you got to give yourself a break. You got to cut yourself a break and, and and take a step back and and look at the big picture. And so, you know, the answer to that question: Can I do? Can I thank myself? Yeah. Is there still a part of me that that thinks? Um, could you do better? Could you could you improve? That's just my nature, and and I will say yes to that. <laughs> I think that's a lot of people in general, but especially turf pros. I mean, you always think you can do something better, whatever it is that you're working on. Yeah, it, it, it's challenging that, I mean, if you really think about it, it's challenging uh, to find a feeling of there's some days at the course and, and I'm out on it and I'm checking stuff and, and looking and I go, okay, this is, this is good. This is really good, uh, and, and there'll be other days 
that you're like, okay, uh, you know, this 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 just is isn't up to expectations. Yet you might get a, a ton of comments where people are just loving it, and you know, to myself I'm going, yeah, and and I'm nice and I'm like, yes, I, I appreciate that, but I'm just thinking, nah, we're we're not quite there. So, um, and and I find those times to be very few and far between. So it's it's like you're 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 looking to catch this uh, elusive feeling that. Um, and part of the reason you chase it is is that it is elusive, and that it's that it's not the normal all the time. So you know that that's just a struggle, and I think uh, a lot of superintendents do that because they just you know they want to produce their best, and um, and part of the key is is learning to produce your best, uh, but be accepting of uh, definitely conditions, and then. Uh, different constraints, be it uh, budget, uh, you know, be be it labor, what, whatever it may be. Those moments of peace, whenever they come, however fleeting they are, I wish you many more in 2021 and beyond, obviously. I appreciate that. Jason, anything else that you want to bring up, whether it's this year's column, the last two years' columns, anything you have going on at Stonewall, or just anything else in general? At Stowall, we're, we're just looking to, uh, you know, we, we've always been tagged as a hidden gem. Uh, right. Sometimes that's, a, uh, sometimes that's a, a good thing. Sometimes, uh, you know, that's a bad thing. Uh, all I can say is, you know, that my staff and myself, we're always just going to, you know, try our best uh, based on, on you know, on that day and, and, and what we can do. And, and and I don't really think that you can ask any more of that. Um, I would say, you know, uh, if you, if anybody is in the area, that you just need to stop by. And it's not just for the golf course. I mean, uh, the, you know, the setting is, it's a gorgeous setting on a, on a man-made lake. And, and you just, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching uh, 11 years here next week. I will have been here for 11 years, and and I have to, you know, on certain days just stop and go, wow, this, this is pretty nice. So uh, you know, you kind of get blinded by the uh, the the everyday bustle. But uh, I, I invite uh, anybody that's in the area or that uh, wants to make a trip, uh, you know, please please make their way to the mountains. Well, congratulations on the early anniversary. Again, almost 11 years as the golf course and ground superintendent at Stonewall Resort in Roanoke, West Virginia. Jason Holland, this is always a pleasure. And if you have more to write for Turfhead's Takeover, the sixth annual edition next year, uh, you know you certainly have space in next December's issue if you want it. I appreciate it. Like I like I said, the, the trilogy is over, but uh, I'll find. I'm sure I'll find a... Uh, uh, a new piece to uh, uh, to write about because honestly, it's kind of a addictive and therapeutic at the same time. I have to agree, Jason. Thanks so much. Thank you, Matt. My thanks again to Jason Holland and Charlie Foltz for sharing their stories here on Beyond the Page and in the new issue of Golf Course Industry Magazine. The fifth annual Turfheads Takeover issue will be online later this week at golfcourseindustry.com and in your mailboxes later this month. If you 
have a story to share, feel free to reach out to me at mlawell, M-L-A-W-E-L-L at G-I-E dot net, or to Editor-in-Chief Guy Cipriano at G-Cipriano, G-C-I-P-R-I-A-N-O at G-I-E dot net. My thanks, too, to all of you for helping make this industry a little better every day. This has been some kind of year. I hope you're able to step back this month, even just for a minute or two, and consider how many people you've really helped this year, personally and professionally. Golf course superintendents have never been more important than they are right now. Golf Course Industry is produced by Guy Cipriano and me, Matt Lowell. Our columnists are wonderful Terry Buchan, Henry DeLozier, Bradley S. Klein, Tim Morgan, and Matthew Wharton. We have some fantastic regular contributors too. Tyler Bloom, Lee Carr, Ron Furlong, Judd Spicer, John Torsiello, Anthony Williams, and Rick Wolfel. Our publisher is Dave Zai. Our sales wizards are Russ Warner and Andrew Hatfield. Jim Blaney designs the magazine. We think he does a darn good job, and we hope you think so too. Kate McCoy makes sure everything goes where it should. Avril Braden and Christina Warner make sure you all receive the magazine. Christina also makes sure Russ is a functioning human being. Kelly Antle makes sure we all get paid. Michaela Dodrell handles advertising and production. Irene Sweeney does more than we can ever keep straight. Stephen Webb handles our classifieds. Our president is Chris Foster. Someday, he'll be able to schedule another company golf outing. Above all else, we could not do what we do without you. Thanks so much for listening.